Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, an outreach of Greater Works Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Robert Enos. If you like what you hear, visit us at gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Find the Table Flippers link, click on it, and you'll get to our merchandise. Now, get ready for a huge dose of truth and a huge dose of common sense. Hello, family. This is uh, your host of the Table Flippers podcast, Robert Enos. Um, today, I have some extremely uh, sad news to share with you, with all of you. <clears throat> so if it sounds like I'm not at my best, well, when you hear what I have to say, you'll understand why. We had to say goodbye to a very, very, very dear and close friend, member of the church, one of the ministers on staff at my church, Pastor Jim Hickman. Tuesday night after Bible study, we have our Bible studies on Tuesday night, right after Bible study, uh, Jim and his wife Rhonda were on their way home in Rhonda's car, and they got rear-ended by a junk, drunk driver. Pastor Jim was pronounced deceased at the scene. Rhonda is in the hospital as we speak, in critical care critical condition. And, well, the world just lost one of the uh, greatest men I ever knew and one of my best friends, not to mention a vital, very, very, very vital part of our church and ministry. So I just want to give a little tribute to Pastor Jim Hickman and uh, tell you a little bit about Jim from my perspective. Now, one podcast isn't nearly enough time to talk about uh, Pastor Jim Completely. He was a uh, very, very, very loved man, and for a very good reason. There are few people in my world that, uh, men especially even, uh, that were so loving and so kind as Jim Hickman. As a matter of fact, I don't believe there was a time that I was around him that we, when we parted ways, when we left each other, whether it be church service, a camping trip, uh, a working day without hearing him say, you are loved or you are appreciated. Sometimes both, but at least one of those. And I, and when I say always, I honestly don't remember a time that he didn't say, hey, you are loved or hey, you are appreciated. He was always helpful, always there, uh, always, uh, like I said, an integral part of the church. And it wasn't just towards me. It was towards absolutely everybody in that church and everybody that had met him. As a matter of fact, um, we got the news actually Wednesday morning, and that's another story. Maybe I'll share it in this, but we didn't get the news about his passing until about noon Wednesday, and he had passed Sunday evening uh, roughly about 9 o'clock-ish. And um, so I had to, you know, get over to the hospital, see Rhonda, try to figure out what's going on, and, and uh, call around and... and cancel some appointments and shuffle things around so we're just kind of in a frantic mode i had people that had met him maybe one time one time uh, pouring out their support and letting me know that if if anybody needed anything they were there now a lot of you might just say well they were just kind-hearted people and there are people that do that and which of course i agree that was really who jim was but the thing about it is that's what Jim brought out of people because he genuinely loved and appreciated people. And it really made an impact. It made an impact on people even at my at my gym. Um, 
who were just showing such love and support. So, um, so uh, Daniel, Josh, if you if you listen to this, two thumbs up, man. I appreciate you guys. Uh, you have made an impact on me. You made an impact on Pastor Jim, and I know this. He made such a radical impact on you, even though you didn't know him very long. That's who Jim was. Uh, Jim was again one of the most loving guys that I've ever knew, and yet, still very masculine not a sissy he would uh go out with the guys and shoot guns go camping with us he was always the guy that took care of everybody else um when it came to like say our camping trips and stuff if we needed it jim had it he was i think most of you remember tim the tool man taylor you know from tool time well we had jim the tool man hickman i got a funny story with that he had a garage chuck full of tools. He was just a man's man. He worked hard. He did a lot of uh, backbreaking labor kind of work and others. He, he he was just an all-around guy. He could, I could see him uh, maybe counseling, praying for somebody, weeping with somebody one moment, working the sound system at the church or running around trying to figure out why there's a hum or a screech or something in the sound system and then maybe that later that day or the next day or whatever we're out there busting up concrete or building something and he was just that type of guy so this goes back a few years but one time i go into his garage and and i was amazed at all the tools that he had and he just didn't have like one tool or one type of tool he had three four of them so that like a whole crew could be working at the same time and i saw a a, a tool up on the wall and i couldn't quite figure out what kind of tool it was or what it did and i'm a pretty handy guy so if there's a tool out there that i've never seen before i honestly at first i felt kind of dumb and i didn't want to ask but i was so curious i finally broke down and i said hey jim what is this tool what does it do and then i didn't feel so dumb because he he looked at me and he chuckled he goes uh, you know, I don't really know. I was just at the, the, the I, I forget where he bought it, Harbor Freight or, or Home Depot or whatever. But I was over there looking at tools and I saw it. I thought it was cool, so I bought it. So he bought this tool and uh, didn't know what it was for, didn't know what it did. It just looked cool, so he bought it. Well, that's the kind of man that Jim was. He didn't buy it for himself even. He bought it that if he could figure out what it was and somebody needed it, he could loan it out and bless them with it. As a matter of fact, when um, when when my wife and I, we sold a house and and we lived pretty close to him on, on one side of town. But when we sold our house, I had to go in there and clean out the garage and go through all the tools and go through all the stuff that I had stored. I came across uh, several different tools that were gems that I had borrowed over the years. <laughs> so I just put them all in a kind of a pile and I took it back to him and I apologized. I said, hey, Jim, you know, I don't even remember when I borrowed these from you. But here, here's your tools back. And he looked at him. He goes, oh, no, you can go ahead and keep them. He says, I already replaced them. You know, and I got like four of those and four of those and four of those. <laughs> he just had all these tools and everything. And, and again, it wasn't even just for him. He was the type of guy that would just go buy and store up things that he might think other people would want to borrow because he had that kind of heart for everybody else and not just borrowing the tool hey you want me to come over and help you do that there was many 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 projects at the church that we worked on together and another thing about Jim see I get really focused and and I'm I'm gonna share a weakness with you guys especially when working with people like Jim 
my weakness, not his, my weakness. When I get into work mode, I'm, I'm focused. I'm laser focused. And I have a certain way of doing things. And I want it done. Not only do I want the end product to be something that, you know, let's, I always go back to this. Let's say I wanted a wall painted blue. I want the end product painted blue. But I'm so focused and so, you know, anal retentive sometimes on it that I want it painted a certain way. You know, the wax on, wax off kind of a thing. Um, and Jim put up with me in that nonsense. And again, I know it's a weakness, especially, you know, and there's sometimes it was crunch time. So somebody had to crack the whip a little bit. But Jim never complained, at least to me. He was always a stand-up guy, even though I could have been a, a, an absolute jerk about it. And uh, he was an... He was just a stand-up guy. We had a Christmas event at the church, and we had built some uh, things that went outside, you know, like um, uh, like displays to go outside. We had snowmen and, and pine trees and Santa's uh, workshop. And one night we had a, a big windstorm, and it blew everything down. Well, Santa's workshop came crashing down, and it got busted up a little bit. And so we went back there and we put it back together. And there was Jim and I and um, I forget who. There was a couple other guys. But anyways, we put it back together. We stood it up and we said, hey, man, we got to we gotta figure out how to uh, weigh this down in case we get another windstorm. We don't want it falling over again, especially if we have a bunch of people here. So Jim the next day brought some um, barrels. I was thinking, let's just get some five-gallon buckets full of full of sand and tie it to the legs and that should be enough but Jim that wasn't enough for Jim Jim brought these two barrels two I, I believe they're like 55 gallon plastic barrels that you fill with water and these huge straps that belong on a semi truck and we filled those things with water and we strapped that thing down that thing did not move at all thanks to PJ that's what I called him Pastor Jim PJ that thing wouldn't move that thing wasn't going anywhere. We could have had a hurricane hit Santa's workshop and everything else would have blown away. But Santa's workshop would have still been there. And um, even though there was some wind, it blew a few things over here and there. Santa's workshop went nowhere because of those barrels. See, that's the type of guy that Jim was. He was going to make sure that thing wasn't going to move. He was going to make sure that the job that he did in the end was going to last and make a lasting impression on everybody and he did and i and i thank god for him i thank god for him it's not going to be the same without him he was always there for me he was the type of guy you know i was just on this uh summit um last uh, you know over the weekend last weekend and some of the instructors talked about having you know brotherhood talking about brotherhood having those friends he says and the, and, and somebody pointed out you got that 3 a.m uh, friend and what was racing through my mind what's a 3 a.m friend that's the friend that if you called at three o'clock in the morning they would pick up the phone and if they needed to get climb out of bed and get to your side they would do it that was pastor jim not just for me ladies and gentlemen he was that way with everybody that i know this if i called him at three o'clock in the morning he would be there there was times that i called him in the evening there was times that I, we, we set some things up hey are you able to do this this is going to be early this is going to he was there. He was always there for me. He was always there for everybody in the church. He's going to be really missed. So between the t the tools, the absolute just, you know, you are loved. You are appreciated. That three o'clock friend, there's nobody like Jim Hickman. As a matter of fact, these last few days have been a major struggle for me. And uh, number one, of course, because 
we lost him. And there's no way that that void could ever be filled. But it's caused me to do some really, um, you know, what we call soul searching. Because I realized that um, Jim was so much more. I, I didn't realize this at the moment. I knew he was important to me. But even now, sitting here talking about this, I'm holding back the tears because I realized he was so much more to me than I had ever anticipated. And um, it's only been a few days. And we didn't have anything on the books. We didn't have anything. But I, I already miss him because my mind, my mind goes to the, to the times which every Sunday, every Tuesday, I could be up front teaching, preaching, ministering, and I can look back there and there's Jim at the soundboard doing his best to make me sound like I actually know what I'm doing. And he was always there. If there was a problem, he was always there. And uh, now he won't be there anymore. It made me realize that um, I wasn't always the friend I should have been. And um, for that, I'm very, very, very sorry. But I'm also very, very grateful that Jim was always the friend to me that I wasn't always to him. I mean, don't get me wrong, ladies and gentlemen. We had some phenomenal times. I wish I could sit here and tell you about our camping trip um, one of the camp, well, we had two camping trips, one more in the summer, one dead winter where it was freezing and it snowed on us. But, um, we just had a good time with all the guys and Jim was so, such an important part of all of that on every level. And again, he'll be missed. He always took care. He always was there. He always made things happen. So Jim Hickman, you're going to truly be missed. You are truly going to be missed. I do want to use this, um... I don't know what you want to call it, a memorial? Uh, I guess this is a type of memorial of Pastor Jim Hickman, just to launch off on something, because when I say he was a great dude, he really was in, in so many, so many ways. Like I said, he was, you never had to question whether he truly appreciated or loved you. Um, it wasn't just his words, it was his actions. He was truly, again, one of those 3 a.m. friends. One of those guys that you can call at any time, from any place, and he was there for you. He proved that over and over and over again, not just with me, but so many other people. So I want to use that as a little bit of a launching off point for all of us. I, I, I like to, you know, I've been talking about throughout all my podcasts here and there, and, and it's woven through all of them, about how men just really need to stand up and be men. I know we've been bashed with this whole foolish, toxic masculinity nonsense lie garbage and uh, it's made a lot of men just want to just slink back into the shadows some men literally put on dresses <laughs> and then other men just kind of slink in the shadows and they don't let their voices be heard because you know most men just do not want to deal with it you know let me just do my thing let me raise my family let me work earn money pay my bills raise my family uh and 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 just go on with my life and we're not really being allowed to so my point on all of that is we need to recapture true masculinity. And in so many ways, Pastor Jim Hickman put true masculinity on display. And he was always there. You see, that's the one thing about men. Men rise to the challenge. Men can be, are someone that can be counted on when it really makes a difference and when they're really needed. So I want to talk to you about this concept of the 3 a.m. friend. Now, granted, it's not going to be that way with everybody. If some stranger calls you or somebody you barely know or, you know, whatever, you may not be a 3 a.m. friend to them per se, but you should, and I, myself included, we as men should develop ourselves, develop our character, our personalities, our character to the point where we can be and will be that true 3 a.m. friend 
to those around us, to our brothers. And when I say brothers, I'm not talking about the person that shares your last name only, but those people that you've made that kind of connection with and that camaraderie with. And I use the term brothers. That's what, you know, up at the summit, that's what they were pushing, brotherhood. And we, you know, we use that term brother. That's your brother. Fight for your brothers. Help your brothers. Lift your brother. Carry your brother. All of that. And they were trying to create something in us and trying to get something into us. And, and in many regards, that was already in Pastor Jim Hickman. He was a true brother in that regard. Someone that would not leave you out on the battlefield. Someone that if you were down, he was there to help pick you up. If you needed him, he was there. If you needed something from him, he was there. And... Um, that's what we should all strive to be. And that's honestly what convicted me because, you know, you know, I like to think that I'm that person. But when you're confronted with this, like I have been in these last few days with the passing of Jim, it made me realize now who's going to fill that void in the church, in my own personal life and in the lives of others that he that he was there for them. Who's going to fill that void? And I, it made me realize Wow, I need to rise up and start filling that void. And I don't know that I can. Because Jim was just, he had that character that he filled a huge, a huge vacuum. And I don't know that I have it in me to do what he was, what he did and what came so natural to him. Yet, I know this, I need to strive to do what I can to fill that void. So that if people in my church or somebody calls me at three o'clock in the morning and they desperately need me, I answer that phone and I do my best to be there for them and become that 3 a.m. friend and not just taking phone calls in the middle of the night. That's such a small portion. But I have to ask myself, do people, especially the men, do they really feel appreciated around me? Do they really know that I love them? Am I showing it? And that's the key. Am I really showing it and saying it more than just saying it? Because words can be cheap. Words can be priceless or they can be cheap. I know we used to have that saying, words are cheap. But not always. They can be cheap. Because you could say I love you, but if you never show it, those words are cheap. But if you say I love you and you show it, those words are priceless. And I want my words in that area, in that way, to be absolutely priceless. When I look at somebody say, you know, I appreciate you. I want to mean it with everything in me. When I look at somebody say, you know, I truly love you, bro. uh, I want to mean it. And not just mean it because I got some warm fuzzies inside, but mean it because I put my actions to those words. So Jim Hickman, you set a great example. And I'm, I hope that I'm man enough to live up to that example. But I say this not just for myself, but I'm in those crosshairs as well. Men, men, we need to develop that. We need that back in the world. See, the world calls that toxic masculinity. You know, I'm so sick and tired of that nonsense and that foolishness because um pastor jim hickman was everything but toxic you see uh what is toxic is is poisonous a a toxin is a poison it harms it doesn't help and pastor jim hickman was not toxic in his masculinity it was more of a medicine that brought a lot of healing to a lot of people and a lot of help to a lot of people so what i'm saying is men we've got to not worry about what the world says about us or what other people say about us what the feminist uh, movement or group says about us or what these men wearing dresses say about us and we need to rise up and just be truly masculine men we need to be a little bit more like pastor jim hickman our word is our bond or should be 
We should be that 3 a.m. friend to many. We should be able to be counted on. We should be there. We should be helpful. And a lot of people say, well, I'm just not good at that. Well, get good at it. I don't know if that's proper English, but get good at it. Develop yourself and get better at being a man. Get better at being reliable. Get better at being loyal. Get better at being a true brother. Now, we say, yeah, he's a brother in the Lord. What in the God's name does that mean if we don't actually do it? I'm, I'm tired of culture side throwing out all of these little, you know, even and it happens even in the church. We throw out these little titles, brother in the Lord. But when, when it comes right down to it, that brother in the Lord isn't always available, doesn't make himself available. You really desperately need him. And, uh, well, you know, um, um, you know, um, this is the day I clean my toenails, so I can't help you, bro. Yeah, great, brother in the Lord. Instead of throwing out just those titles and those concepts and those phrases and feeling good about ourselves because we either said it or somebody said it to us, how about doing it? That's the thing that, that made Jim Hickman who he really was. He put action to his words. He didn't just say, you're loved, you're appreciated. He showed you that he appreciated you and that you were important to him. He showed it. He lived it. He acted upon it. Again, when the guys would go camping and stuff, he would do a lot of the cooking. He would do a lot of the cleaning, the the setting up. If somebody needed help with something, he was right there helping them. He was laughing when we were all laughing. He was joking when we were all joking. And again, when, when people were broken, he was actually crying with them. He was down. He was giving them a shoulder, not in some weird, strange way, but as a man would do. So men, it's time for us to rise up and be that. And not just for those super close to us. I mean, yeah, if you can't do it with them, you're not going to do it with a stranger. But be at that place where we develop ourselves that when you see somebody on the side of the road, especially a lady who's trying to change a tire or has a flat tire and she doesn't know what to do, Get over there and change the tire for her. I mean, I, I, I'm it. It frustrates me when I come across men that don't even know how to change a tire. Now, please, guys, if you got AAA and you use AAA when you're in a in a bad spot, that's fine, okay. But we should at least be developed enough in our own masculinity and our own abilities to change a tire, so that when you come across that random, you know, uh, again, woman or uh, older person on the side of the road that desperately needs help, you go help them. You go help them. You go help change the tire. It's that simple. I remember years ago over here on the 14 freeway, not too far from me, I was flying down the freeway. And for those of you who live in this area, you know where Avenue S is, but it doesn't really matter. You could be any highway anywhere in the world. And I, I was going down the road and there was a car on the side of the road with their flashers on, and I looked over, you know, as we all do, and I, I realized it was a, it was an elderly couple, and they were just sitting in their car, um, and I told, I, I could tell that they had been there for just a little while. And when I say a little while, I'm not talking about hours or days, but minutes. And uh, they had the windows down, so they had the car off. It was hot and everything. So I got off at the next off ramp, spun around, went back down, got off the off ramp, come back around so I can get behind them. And even I did all that driving just to get to them to see if they needed help. There was still nobody there helping them. So I pulled up behind them and I walked up to them and says, excuse me, you know, what's going on? Can I help you? Of course, they had a flat tire. I knew what was going on. And they says, oh, we have a flat tire. And I says, well, is there somebody coming to help you? No, we don't have anybody to help us. They didn't have AAA or anything like that. I said, don't worry about it. I said, if you have a spare, I can help you. 
they had the spare and the gentleman was just it, again it was so sad i'm glad i i stopped to help them but he was at that age where just physically he didn't have what it t- took to uh, fix that tire so i said don't even worry about it sir so i got out there i started changing the tire and he stood next to the car just talking to me and he was grieving because it's like yeah you know not even too many years ago i could do this myself i just don't have the physical strength to even be able to get the lug nuts off so i really appreciate you helping me man to man i appreciate you helping me so i helped him got him on their way and 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 i as i was driving away in my own vehicle, I thought, uh, how how hard and how difficult it must have been for that gentleman. Where just a few short years prior, he would have had the physical strength to be able to do that. And now he was just as, his wife sitting next to him, and he was just as um, struggling as, as his wife. You see, men, we got to face this. One day we're going to be that. And we're going to need, whether we want it or not, we're going to need other men to come to uh, our side and help us through those difficult times. You see, that was Pastor Jim. He would have done that for anybody at any time, anywhere. But we got to be that. And because someday we're going to need that. And showing that kind of masculine appreciation for men. Everybody around us. But especially men. Now, I could, in a sense, we didn't physically do this. Lock arms together. And together get that tire changed. So that gentleman can get his wife off that freeway into a place of safety. I didn't do this because of some great virtue in me. I just looked over and I said they could use some help. And it was that simple. It was that simple. But isn't it interesting that in our present day and age, that's something that we used to take advantage of in that regard. We didn't think too much of it. It wasn't this great act of virtue. It was just people being decent human beings as now so lacking that people that do that are often seen as the hero when it should just be everyday life. So my point is, men, we just need to get back to the everyday life of what a man is supposed to be. Don't look for a letter in the mail. Don't look for the ribbon. Don't look for uh, the gold medal. Don't look for some trophy. Just do it because it's the right thing to do it. Men do the right thing simply because it's the right thing. Pastor Jim Hickman gave of himself, and he didn't do it looking for a title. He didn't do it looking for a ribbon. He didn't do it looking for a gold medal. He didn't do it looking for a trophy. He did it because he was a true man and had a true love for those around him. And if they needed help, he wanted to help because that's what men do. He didn't hide away. He didn't slink away. He didn't turn his phone off or ignore the phone calls. He was there, and he was a great man for it. It is my hope and my prayer that men rise up all over the place and just start taking their rightful place as a man because we'd have we'd have a lot of men looking more like Pastor Jim Hickman, taking upon those qualities and those characteristics, those virtues, and making the world a better place because we're better. And when we do that, and if we do that, when we do that, literally this world will start turning around. But until we do this, until we do that, until we take upon those attributes and those characteristics, the world's going to keep slumping off into darkness. And it's my hope and it's my prayer that that same attitude and that same heart and that same passion and that same compassion to help the next person the way Pastor Jim Hickman did, would be birthed in all of our hearts and cause us to rise up and really be true men, true men of God 
true masculinity on display because then the world will be a better place. Pastor Jim, you're already missed. You are already missed. And you left such a powerful and awesome example for all of us to follow. And it is my hope and my prayer that I and many are around me take the bull by the horn, so to speak, and say, you know, Pastor Jim gave us a great example. Let's live up to that. You're always a hoot. You're always fun. You always helped. You're always there. And I appreciate you and love you, brother, more than you would ever know. My regret is that I didn't tell you more. You certainly told me every time I was with you. And my regret is that I didn't say it back more than I did. But you will be missed and you'll always have a place in our hearts and you'll never be forgotten until we see you again. Thank you for joining us at Table Flippers. I truly appreciate you. You can write me at gwccrobert at gmail.com. That's gwccrobert at gmail.com. Please let me know how I'm doing. Remember to pick up some of our merchandise. You can find the link at gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Until next time, be continually blessed.